You are listening to The Recovered Therapist, brought to you by FreshOutOfPlans.com. I'm Jeannie Griffin, and I'll be your host. Instead of focusing on labels, diagnoses, and psychobabble, we keep things honest, simple, and hopeful so that you can grow personally and spiritually. Thank you for joining me. I want to continue my discussion about adult children of alcoholics and some of their characteristics or traits. Three of the most important rules that adult children of alcoholics operate out of were learned in childhood. And those three rules are don't talk, don't feel, and don't trust. Don't talk about it is sometimes said explicitly. Other times it's implied. We don't talk about our dirty laundry to our neighbors. No, we don't talk about it. And then we also don't talk about it in the house. We don't talk about it to each other, and we don't talk about it to the person we're concerned with. We just hope somehow it goes away. Well, what ends up happening is there's a giant elephant living in the living room. Everybody knows it's there, but we're just not going to talk about it. Doesn't, doesn't exist. And that's how you grow up communicating. Another little corollary under the don't talk rule is everybody has to be psychic. Because language is not spoken, so you have to watch for cues and interpret everybody's behavior. Now, whether you interpret it you know, correctly is... <laughs> That's the $24,000 question. But don't clarify. Don't ask for clarification. So you just don't talk. That sets up the other rule of don't trust. Don't trust because you get mixed messages. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. When your gut tells you, no, it's not. Oh, there's nothing wrong with your mother. But you know there is. Oh your father's not drunk he's just asleep on the couch but you know he smells bad so okay I can't really trust you all right um well I don't I don't know who I can trust okay children need focused attention and the single most important ingredient in a relationship any relationship is honesty so if the child can't trust and can't trust communication for one thing, but can't trust their own feelings and what is felt inside is different than what they're being told, then they begin to mistrust themselves more so than even anybody else. So it's like ACOAs get cut off at the neck and their reality is determined by what other people tell them, or by their um, psychic abilities to guess at what's happening with relationships in the house and outside of the house. Now, children don't need attention all the time, but when they do get attention, they need it focused. And basically, as a way, as the parent says, you have all my attention now. And when they don't get it, or if they get it intermittently, it creates a feeling of rejection. That leads to anger and bitterness. They're also 
waiting for the other shoe to drop. Now, what that means is that they know uh, something might be happening or something's not quite right, and I don't know when it is, and I want to know when I'm going to feel okay on the inside. I'm not going to have butterflies on the inside. I'm not going to wait for something to happen. I'm not going to wait for somebody to explode, explode and get angry. That leads to them living at that dramatic height or they seek cliffhangers in relationships or situations where they feel that same kind of anxiety. Now, why on earth would they do that? Because it feels normal to them. It's like, oh, okay, I know how to navigate this. And otherwise, they say the relationship that may not be a cliffhanger is boring. They also can't trust the uh, consistency of this focused attention. The last rule is don't feel. Now this don't feel rule says let's turn off all the negative feelings, the painful feelings, the feelings of dis- of stress or distress and um, let's not allow negative feelings or especially fearful feelings. Now the goal in trying to turn off your feelings is to make yourself safe. Now most of the solutions that come out of, remember I said last time, the defense mechanisms or it's not so much with the pain of what hurts as what what you have learned to do to avoid the pain to avoid the hurt, avoid the anger, to avoid any kind of feelings. And there may be a few feelings that are allowed in the home. Let's say happy is allowed. Or in the home I grew up with, righteous indignation or anger at the world or unjust causes was allowed. So every other feeling gets converted into those acceptable feelings in the family. I'm scared, I'm angry, I'm hurt, but I can't show those in my family, so I have to kind of convert them into be happy, be happy all the time. And so I'm really pushing those other feelings down. And I do that continually through through my adulthood because that's what normal is. Or push that anger down, push that anger down, and don't let it convert to what actually is there, which is hurt and fear. So everything becomes acceptable if you're outraged by something or righteously indignant about something. The solutions of how I'm going to turn off those feelings eventually become the problems. If the way I want to turn off those feelings are to drink or drug over them, then over time, especially if I come with a genetic predisposition and hereditary traits of alcoholism or drug addiction, then I'm likely to become a drug addict or an alcoholic. And by the way, an alcoholic is a drug addict and a drug addict is an alcoholic. It's mood-altering chemicals, chemical dependency 
is a much better word than alcoholic or addict. To be able to say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I have chemical dependency, or I am chemically dependent in recovery is way too cumbersome. So we hang on to those old terms that are not necessarily the best ones to unify this whole concept of chemical dependency. So ask yourself, where in my life today am I operating under those don't talk, don't feel, and don't trust? And how do I transform those? Well, first of all, you don't do it alone. Tons of 12-step meetings out there. And you know what? I really don't care whether you like them or not or you want to do some other spiritual way of life. The 12-step program is a spiritual way of life. It is a remedial lesson in spirituality. And um, if you don't know that, then you really don't know what the 12-step program is about. And guess what? I do. And you can always contact me for help around that. Hope you're having a good day. Thank you for listening to The Recovered Therapist where we keep topics honest, simple, and hopeful. I love you. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time.